Coming at you from the Steel City, you're listening to Poor Man's Podcast, Pittsburgh's premier comedy podcast. Your weekly dose of humor hosted by Chris Hopper and with a new special guest each week. And here's your host, Chris Hopper. Woo! Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Poor Man's Podcast Sports Extra with Sports Guy JP. JP, how are you tonight? Uh, I feel just like the Steelers this past week. Okay. Um, you know what? I was thinking of this earlier when I was driving in my car, and I think because each week when I ask how you are, you, you relate it to the Steelers, I'm going to go back and we're going to just listen to how you're doing, and we're going to have to try to match it to what game it is at the end of the year. <laughs> so it was like, I feel embarrassed today. Oh, it must have been the Lions game. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, you know, I, I feel like I, I don't even know what I would have said for the Viking one last week. It would have been. <laughs> I don't know. Just I'm still blaming Chase Claypool for this week. No <laughs> uh, Yeah, I I almost forgot that happened. Like, it just we're talking on Tuesday now, and everything's throwing me off. It feels like that was forever ago. And then we have Tuesday night football on. We have two games. Yeah, yeah, it's it's exciting stuff. Um, you know, unfortunately, it's all COVID related, but. Um, I, I like seeing football spread out throughout through the week. You know, we get uh, Rams in Seattle tonight and um, Philly in Washington. I like it when it's not like the Steelers. Like, I like the Steelers still playing on Sunday, but I yeah, like I, I like I knowing that one there's o'clock. games. <laughs> I, I agree. Uh, speaking of Chase Claypool, one thing I'm going to do um, ever since the Viking game, uh, I'm just going to start collecting his numbers for the rest of the year just to see what you know what we're dealing with is the headache worth it so far we're set at um uh one catch for 12 yards well actually on yahoo and online to google this i have no idea how does he claypool recorded 12 receiving yards this week with zero catches i don't know how that's possible hmm And then seven rushing yards, so a total of 19 yards is what we're looking at. Okay, yeah. It would seem if you have reception yards, you would thus have to have a reception. I I know, unless it's an error. I saw that on Fantasy, like Yahoo, and I thought, oh, maybe it's an error, but I'm looking at it through Google right now. He had 12 receiving yards, but no catches, according to both things. That's strange. Obviously, that's incorrect. Or they're rushing yards, and they need to be replaced. Either way... (laughs) Um, not really what you want and what could possibly be your number one receiver. Like, I mean, that's what he has the pedigree to, to become the size, the speed, uh, just not the work ethic or a mentality. Yeah. But none of that matters if you're totaling under 20 yards. Well, that's exactly what I'm saying. So if we're, <laughs> if we're trying to determine whether or not it's worth losing somebody like that and you look at the production and they can't break, you know, 20 yards or whatever, that's a problem. Yeah, and um, that's I'm Ray gonna, Ray McLeod. That's uh, gonna, <laughs> James Washington. Keeping a record, we 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 need to keep track of this guy. Is, is all I'm saying. And uh, 19 yards. Just when is uh when is Chase's uh when's his contract up? No, well, this is year two. He was a second rounder, so he has what two more years after this. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's plenty of time to find out. But I guess we're saying, is it worth getting rid of him to get him out of the locker room and change the culture? Yeah, yeah. We're we're getting pre first down. Look at me while the clock. While we have eight <laughs> seconds on the clock, Chase Claypool yeah. numbers. Well, for nineteen yards. In contrast, to talk about uh, we were talking about there being a game tonight. Uh, Cooper Cup. They were saying almost. I think he's uh, in the lead for the wide receiver triple crown as of now. And I'm assuming that's touchdowns, receptions, and yards. Yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, receptions, yards, touchdowns. He's having a phenomenal season. Um, funny fact, I have him in my fantasy league this year, and I also had Michael Thomas the year he set the reception record. So I've been uh, nailing <laughs> it with these wideouts lately. Yeah. Yeah. It, Cooper it, Cup, 113 catches, uh, 1,489 yards, and 12 touchdowns at the moment. That's insane. And how many games left? Four or three? Uh, four for him. Yeah, right? four for yeah. him because he is yet to play today. And then, I mean, that would be three more for than you know the average of, because we have the extra game this year. So if you want to compare him to Calvin Johnson's numbers or something, even on that pace, that's impressive to have that many yards. Yeah, he has a, the ability to set the yardage and receptions records, but touchdowns is you know uh, destined. He's not going to break it. Where is he with touchdowns right now? Like 12? He probably? only has 12, you know. Okay. Um, God, what a guess. <laughs> yeah, tw- 12 at the moment. So, yeah, we're not, you know, hunting that down. Yeah, we're not in Randy Moss territory. No. But that is impressive. Ooh. They said he was the first guy to do it. Or, well, he could be the first guy to do it. said Sterling Sharp in the he early 90s. He would 12 more touchdowns to break the record. <laughs> that would be so <laughs> impressive. <laughs> Um, but let's let's talk about actually before we get into Steelers talk uh, one more thing because I I had the the pregame for the the football game on and before that there was a game show on called like this day to save your life or something like that and they asked this woman to end it uh, the name of which of the four uh, Grand Slam like tournaments the four majors in tennis is held in England each summer. And she said the U.S. Open is held in England, in England. each summer. Oh, my God. JP, do you know the answer? Uh, probably somewhere in Spain. No, I'm saying, do you no. know Do you know which, uh, which tennis major is held in England each summer? Wimbledon? That's correct. Yeah, that's why. Right. That was just kind Not of the, the U.S. Though. Open, surprisingly. Surprisingly, yeah. Um, I don't know what the four. I, I I would. I think it's Wimbledon. It's the U.S. Open. I think it's the Australian Open. Maybe the French Open. So the only one that doesn't have a country in its name happens to be <laughs> in a country that doesn't have its name in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's uh, let's let's get back to some football talk now. <laughs> we we won't get too much into tennis where we know almost. I was about to say Federer and Nadal. Now I'm done with all the tennis talk. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think those are the majors, and I'll I'll be impressed with myself to to find out. Um, but let's get let's get into some Steeler talk. Uh, they beat the Titans. That's I mean that's more than I thought I would say a week ago. Yeah, yeah. It's and the thing is, they didn't even play well at all. Um, it was just like unlucky turnovers on the Titans' part that got the Steelers this victory. Um, I, Roethlisberger I, only threw for a buck forty-eight, no touchdowns. Uh, Najee Harris, 1.5 average, 18 yards on 12 carries. Deontay Johnson led the team in receiving with 38 yards. They didn't 
move the football on offense. And honestly, they were outgained by, um, it was 318 yards for Tennessee versus 168 for Pittsburgh. And uh, Tennessee beat them on yards per play. They had 10 more first downs, um, you know, and time of possession was almost a 20-minute difference. It wow. just came down to turnovers, and the Steelers caught lucky turnovers. You know, Ryan Tannehill drops a snap. Yeah. Steelers recover it. Uh, you know, he, he throws a pass that, you know, is tipped, and Schobert comes down with it. Yeah. It was, you know, Titans beat themselves in a way, and the Steelers, you know, were able to capitalize. They converted uh, four field goals off four turnovers, which is exactly what the Steelers are, you know, average. Yeah, sure. You know, those got turned into touchdowns, but they were field goals. And you have to think on, on turnovers like that, it's not going to be the average field position. You probably have to get one first down to be in field goal range on, on a lot of turnovers. Yeah, yeah the Schober interception definitely had them in field goal range already. Yeah, it's nice to see him come down with an interception. That was always what everybody was saying when they brought him in. He was supposed to be the coverage linebacker. And, and then, yeah, 168 total yards of offense. If you're turning the ball over and getting field goals, you're turning the ball over in Tennessee territory. One thing I did like to see from that game uh, was Joe Hayden coming back. He made a handful of big plays, that big stop at the end, which what the hell was that ball spot? Oh, yeah, absolutely. He had two huge down or plays, I think, off, off the top of my head, including the game ceiling tackle on fourth down. Um, Yeah, the officials seemed like, they were confused and thought they had the first down. Um, Hayden, I mean, when you look at that on TV, I think he clearly stopped him a yard beyond where they were looking to mark him. They needed to get to, like, be, there was the main five-yard stripe that went the whole way across. They needed to get to the yard after that, and he didn't even get to the yard that we were saying. So, right, and then, like, it was obviously just from the way it looked on the field to, you know, the human eye. We saw that long line, which was the line before where he had to get to. Correct. And he was definitely tackled, bef you know, before the yeah. long line. Yeah, yeah. And I then agree. it was spotted there, and then where they spotted it looked like it was beyond the first down, but then they yeah, still yeah. rolled it and no first down. Fortunately, they were able to review it and yeah. got, got the call right. But, yeah, I agree. That took, like, too much time. Um, Hayden, too, I heard said uh I think he said he missed the tackle on the previous fourth down. So, like, he knew on that play, like, he was prepared of where to tackle the yeah, guy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's so, nice yeah, seeing I him back. That, and he you know, made a hell of a he play. missed earlier definitely benefited him at the end of the game to seal it. Yeah. Well, learning from your mistakes, that's big. It's a veteran move. You think Chase Claypool <laughs> would have done that? Uh, 19 yards. <laughs> and <laughs> then he had the other play. The I guess it was a fumble recovery. Yeah, yeah, that looked like like an interception fumble recovery. <laughs> the same. I time. I was worried because it looked like a fumble to me. Like he had possession and then fumbled it, which he made a hell of a play to not go down, which he should have just gone down in hindsight. Uh, but when the ball came out, I was worried they were gonna find some way to roll it an incomplete pass. And the fact that he held on to it, it was a hell of an athletic play. Yes, he, Steelers caught a break there that the ball, you know, did come out, and then Hayden just dove on it. They recovered that, I think, in Tennessee territory as well. And just his presence alone made a difference in the game. He was only targeted against twice and allowed one catch total for six yards. And that makes a huge difference for a team like Pittsburgh, who's struggled at the corner position since Ike Taylor. And it's there. kind of a trickle-down effect when you have 
competent people and it, it makes the, I mean, it sounds obvious, you know, if you have better people and you play better, but like when you're down a guy, then they can pick on that. And then the people who are better, it gets stretched thinner and it's nice having that, you know, everybody plays better when a guy like that is back. Yeah. Even uh secondary altogether. I mean, Tannehill only threw for 153 in an in interception. I think that, um, you know, secondary played a good game. Uh, it's nice to Mick see Minka Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Um, yeah, he played well in coverage, and he recorded 14 tackles, which isn't good. But or I mean, that's great, but you don't for, want to see your safety. Right, right. <laughs> it's good for his numbers. Um, and Edmonds was second in tackles. Like, it shows uh, that they were making plays, but then again. You don't ever want – that's the correct. last line of defense. That means he's getting through the defensive line, the linebackers, the corners, essentially, and then getting there. Yeah, and that was the problem, again, for the second week in a row, the Steelers allowed 200 rushing yards to a football team. And this is a team who's down Derrick Henry, brought in Adrian Peterson, and kicked him out the door. Um, Deontay Foreman just had a a buck 08 off 22 carries. Um, Hillard had 49. McNichols, 26. You know, they ran the ball efficiently on the Steelers. That's the Steelers' weakness. They're uh, second to the bottom in the NFL rush yards surrendered as a defense. Oh, wow, that's surprising. That's something you never see in Pittsburgh. Yeah, it used to be like no one ran for 100 yards against Pittsburgh, and now we're in back-to-back weeks where teams have ran for over 200. And then you see the contrast for the Steelers' offense. You said Najee Harris only ran for 1.5 yards per carry. Yeah, yeah, 12 carries for 18 yards. That's not good. No, no. <laughs> it's um, it And, well, another thing, too, I heard was all of his rushing yards were yards after contact. That's That's been his story the entire year, too, and it's a shame because he makes hell of a play, and but he has to, you know, he's hit two yards in the backfield, and somehow he makes a, a, a yard and a half gain, but he had to, you know, break three tackles to get there. Yeah, it reminds me of the early years of, um, like, Todd Gurley and Ezekiel Elliott. I remember, I think it was Ezekiel Elliott's rookie year, they said, he, his first contact was like three yards past the line of scrimmage on average where Gurley was, and this is before McVay was there, was like two yards in the backfield. Oh, my God. And it just shows, you know, everything about the offensive line, you know. Sometimes their numbers look better because Ben releases the ball quickly, which gives them a higher grade according to PFF. But, I mean, they're, they're struggling. Plus, Again. you see that. When you're hitting the backfield like that, there's no time to build momentum, get that downhill running going when you're back there you take a step and there's already a guy in your face versus like how you were saying three three yards past the line of scrimmage i mean the sealers offense obviously is nothing like the dallas offensive line but you'd like to see you'd like to see a little more push or at least not a loss yeah yeah i mean you you drafted this guy as a first round pick to make these plays you need to protect him so he can do that um it, again, it's just been a decline in the offensive line. I think they were playing better more recently, but th- th- this was a, a bad outing for them. That's something they really need to work on in the in the offseason, either draft or bring in a veteran guy. Um, but they but they need to do something. They need some leadership, I think, too. There's a bunch of young guys, and that is one thing working for them, maybe just more time. I mean, the offensive line cohesion is so important that maybe, you know, working together longer, but still, 
I think you need a veteran or, or somebody, some big play guy, because there's nobody on that offensive line that's a, a stud. No, I, I see some, um, you know, promise in uh, Kendrick Green and Dan Moore, the, the rookies on the line. Um, but I, I think, yeah, they, they need a piece like, um, I guess, Trey Turner. Kendrick Green guy, doesn't impress me. I mean, he's too busy stealing balls from Claypool to get it set than actually blocking for anybody. <laughs> <laughs> he's been I, I mean yeah it's um it, it's a work in progress and it's either you find another piece or you know you have to work with what you have but but i mean to make the the long story short it's nothing that's going to change this season so i mean it is what it is no no that's what they're stuck with and um what's the story of kevin dodson is he hurt or i, I haven't seen much of him i don't know I, but I have noticed he hasn't been out there, so I would assume he was hurt. Yeah, and I, I've heard mixed things about his work ethic, too. But, I mean, it, I, I don't know. I, I feel like it's definitely an area that they're going to have to address in free agency or the draft. Yeah, definitely a first or a second pick. Well, as, of, <laughs> as of now, I mean, it's still early, but where do you think the Steelers will take a quarterback? I don't think there's enough quarterback talent at the top, do you think? Uh, it, it depends who's available at their pick. I, I think it's a weak quarterback. I hope class. they don't draft a quarterback like with a later pick just because he's the quarterback there. If you don't think he's going to be a successful quarterback, like wait another year if you have to. Yeah, I, I, w- I agree with that. And, use, and get an offensive Rudolph. lineman or something. Then use Rudolph as a transitional piece or if Ben comes back even for a year. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to draft a quarterback for the sake of drafting a quarterback. I heard there's potential interest in Matt Corral out of um, Ole Miss and potentially even Sam Howell out of North Carolina. I'm not too sold on either one of them. Um, even Pickett, I'm not necessarily sold on, even though I understand, you know, with, with like the, the Dan Marino scenario in the 80s draft where they passed on him for a nose tackle, everyone was upset about it. Um it, there's another connection there, but I, I just, you know, they typically steer away from guys, you know, that come out of pit. Yeah, it could be like James Conner, too. So, not that he wasn't good, but I feel like he was kind of picked early. But you look at him in Arizona, and James Conner's a beast this year as far he, as scoring he's, touchdowns. He's incredible. Yeah. And <laughs> I'll tell you what, I never knew he had the hands that he does watching him play in Arizona. Some of these catches he's making is, I mean, they're better than Ray Ray McLeod. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like they wanted to get him involved in the pass game in Pittsburgh, and he just never developed into that pass catching back that Le'Veon Bell was, or what. And that that's something. Or maybe like Kyler Murray Harrison gives it time play. to let the play develop and isn't like turn around here you go throw it. You know, if you have a play mm-hmm. action dump off kind of thing, not just the let's go in a shotgun and then I'm gonna you know lob it behind the line of scrimmage to you. Some of those balls he threw as screens, I was afraid we're going to get picked <laughs> when James Conner was in the backfield. Not on James <laughs> Conner, but, like, Ben would just throw, like, a fucking volleyball, or not a volleyball, beach ball. Yeah, he wasn't quite the route runner, too, that Bell was. So, you know, even Conner coming out of the backfield as a pass catcher in Pittsburgh was something that I was never, like, too, too keen on. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Um, but in, in other Steeler news, uh, TJ Watt set the single season sack record for the Steelers with 17 and a half at the moment, passing James Harrison in 2000, I think 2008 when he had 16. So 
How many sacks does TJ Watt have right now? You said 17 and a half? Yes. So if he gets two sacks per game the rest of the season, that puts him on pace to tie the record, right? Is it 23 and a half right now? Uh, the record's 22 and a half. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's kind of attainable. Yeah, it's possible the rate he's going. <laughs> he also missed a couple games, um, which is why, you know, they're not as high as they could have been. And like, just take Baltimore a second again, to think about that. three and a half against. Yeah, just like really think of it. Like, I feel like I haven't heard that in local news, especially, but I haven't heard it anywhere. Like, if he, there's, I've seen like him play and just tear up offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. I, it's doable to get two, two sacks, I think. I mean, it's a, it's a tall ask, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's, it, it's, it's not it's, unattainable. Uh, I, I agree with you. It's a tall task. Um, I, I don't, see it happening but it's definitely possible i mean what's his name on cleveland uh miles garrett he had a five sack game it's doable he's every bit the player miles garrett is and how how about the season robert quinn's having by the way i just have to give him a shout out or shout out to i can't believe it he has 16 sacks now oh my (laughs) oh wow but yeah after like he signed with the bears like last year like you thought this was clearly going to just be like, oh, he'll be here for a little bit. We'll get rid of him. He'll retire, fade away as a guy who was pretty good at one point, but generally not discussed. This guy is dominating for a team that is no good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's once was it seems like it's been such a long time since Chicago was actually good. Like that that Super Bowl when they lost the Colts. That was almost what twenty years ago now, or maybe fifteen. Yeah, when uh, yeah, Rex Grossman took him there. Yeah, that's the worst quarterback to ever play in a Super Bowl. I would probably. You say. think Rex Grossman's worse than Trent Dilfer? Well, eh, yes, Dilfer won, so that kind of puts him on another level. I agree. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jimmy G. <laughs> Didn't Jimmy oh. G. lose the Super Bowl? Who? Oh, Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, good Garoppolo. I, I would put him w- well. Be he, he's better than Dilfer. Oh, Jimmy G. You think? I would say Jimmy G's way better than Dilfer. Okay, because I feel like Jimmy G throws for twelve attempts a game. Yeah, he he does. He he's a game manager, but he he's not like he's not bad. I feel like he hasn't like done any. He's like the ultimate game manager, like right now. Yeah. Not the ultimate. Like he's the best. Like. They don't let him do anything. It's like Debo Samuel. Uh, how many ways can he beat you? Yeah, I mean, Sh- Shanahan's a, a run team or a trick play team that wants to, you know, just like uh, find creative ways to move the football. Um, he's not much of, you know, he's not going to wow you with his numbers. They don't necessarily invest at, you know, the uh, wide opposition. They're stronger with uh, Kittle, who's just been phenomenal since return from injury at tight end. They just uh, control the line of scrimmage on the O-line and D-line. And then they carry about, like, five or six different running backs that all contribute in some way. Yeah. And then use check at fullback, you know. So quarterback, for his offense, is kind of more of the uh, a secondary thing. There was something. I, w- I think it was on NFL, Good Mo- or NFL AM or whatever. Or was that the show? Good Morning Football? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what it is. That's what I was watching. And they had um, Kyle Shanahan's offense on the goal line. And they had Kittle, the tight end, lined up as the fullback. They had Debo Samuel, a wide receiver, as their running back. Then they had their running back lined up as tight end. 
and they had another wide receiver lined up as a tight end. Like, you yeah, never I mean, see that, it, especially in that formation. Trick. Yeah, yeah it's, it, it's just a way, you know, a creative way of, like, tricking what what you're seeing on the field, and it's creative. And to simply put it, you're just giving the ball to Debo Samuel because he's a tank playing wide receiver, running back hybrid, and, like, you just put guys at different positions. It's going to confuse the defense even for a split second. People don't see him a lot in Pittsburgh if you're only watching local games, but Debo Samuel is impressive to watch. I like watching him play. He can do anything. I, I liked him. Uh, it was like the Super Bowl run they had. He would run a lot of end arounds and yeah. just run through guys, and he was great doing it. But it's finally great to see him get the recognition he finally deserves this year. This is definitely a Pro Bowl caliber season he's having. Let's uh, let's get for uh, the Steelers next week. Chiefs. Yeah, um, Chiefs. Um, Roethlisberger, too, by the way, became the fifth all-time uh, leader in pass yards. Oh, wow. This week, passing Phillip Rivers. Oh, wow. Wow, that's... <laughs> you know what? That draft class ended up being pretty good. The Eli Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, uh, Phillip Rivers. The, the first year JP that Lossman. I ever sat down and watched entire NFL season was the 15-1 year. So when I would hear stories about three Hall of Fame quarterbacks from the same draft class. I thought it was kind of, like, typical to see that. Yeah. But now that I'm, like, older and have seen, you know, more history of the game, it, it, it's incredible what all three of them have done. You know, multiple Super Bowls for Eli and Ben, and, you know, Rivers. Is and there. you know what's really impressive about that and those three is how often do you see the th- top three quarterbacks of a draft class where they're all still relevant 10, 10 years later? Ever yeah, yeah. like one old. of them is always like the year Matt Leinart and Vince Young went and Jay Cutler. Like who would have thought Jay Cutler would have been the star out of that? First off, yeah, yeah, you know, and um, yeah, they all finished in the top ten all time in passing yardage. Like they've all had Hall of Fame caliber careers, and not only were they put up numbers throughout their careers, they were always competitive going to the playoffs. Um, you know, R- R- Rivers never uh, won the brass ring, but consistently putting his teams in uh contention you know yeah. ben did the same eli won a couple rings um he didn't have much playoff success beyond that but yeah. i mean when you win two super bowls that can get you in the hall of fame especially when you beat the best player to ever play the game in both super bowls yeah yeah that's gonna add to his legacy significantly to just to be the guy who beat the undefeated patriots yeah but um to get back to roethlisberger finishing fifth all time um I mean, just, just the names ahead of him, too, are just guys who have played this game forever. I mean, Favre is four, Peyton three, Breeze at two, and Brady at one. So, I mean, that's... Are those the leaders sure. in passing yards all time? Who? Are those... You said those are the all-time passing leaders? Yeah, so five is Ben, four, Favre, three, Manning, two, Breeze, one, Brady. How crazy is it just that we're finally at a point in history where you're not hearing... Unitas or Aikman or Young or Montana or Bradshaw or, you know, whoever mm-hmm. it is. It's those guys you'd hear all the time. Fran Tarkington. Yeah, I'm looking at the list of the top 20 right now. And, then, like, Dan Marino is the highest Especially guy Marino. Marino snap. had every record when he retired. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's at seven now, and he's the highest guy I've seen on this list. I mean, the highest on this list I've never seen take a snap. Then Yeah, uh, Elway's 11, Warren Moon's 12. Frank Tarkington, 14, but, like, everyone else I, I've seen, yeah, Fouts at 18. 
That, that is crazy. And you have to figure Aaron Rodgers is going to be on that list soon. He's but 10. before he retires, yeah. I mean, there's Ooh, still... Matt Ryan is higher than Aaron Rodgers. Oh, wow. Do they, do they have do they have the same amount of NFL MVPs? Or does Rodgers have more? Uh, Rodgers has two. Oh, darn. Yeah, unfortunately. But but Matt Ryan and Cam Newton both have an MVP, and Drew Brees doesn't in that same division. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's always funny. Yeah. Um, uh, funny fact, too. 20 all-time in passing yards is Kerry Collins. Kerry Collins. He's... 19 is Joe Flacco. Oh, wow. This list is 17 is Bledsoe, 16 is Testaverde, and 15 is Carson Palmer. I didn't think Testaverde was that good. I, I, he has to be somebody who just played forever. Yeah, he's like the the. Uh, I was actually thinking of this the other day, like how um, Emmett Smith is like the all-time leading rusher. A lot of the leading rushers are the guys who lasted the longest. Yeah. Whereas, like you know, the receiving or passing yards is actually a reflection of the best. Like, uh, like Jerry Rice was definitely the most durable and played the longest, but he was also the best. Yeah, like Emmett Smith, I feel like was never the best running back. Yeah, that's why kind of seeing some averages is always cool, like yards per season or yards per carry is always good. But that kind of breaks it down, you know, real minute, like seeing, you know, touchdowns per season and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Peyton does have more yards per game than Brady. I I did see that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. but but that kind of breaks down like who the guys were who just played forever, like Emmitt Smith and who Mm -hmm. the guys were who were like dominant, like Walter Payton. Yeah, Gale Sayers, yeah. you know. Uh, but yeah. as we were starting to get into, let's talk about a little Chiefs. Uh, oh, if anybody followed your bet going a couple of weeks ago, I myself did and put money on the Chiefs to finish as the number one seed in the AFC, and that's currently where they're sitting. So at the minimum, you at least said something that was in contention. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, that was like a you know a slam dunk to me right now. And that was plus 800 at the time. Yeah, New England's the only one that can match them at this point, in my opinion. Um, Baltimore is falling apart. Um, and the Chiefs are playing the Steelers, so. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. that's got to be a win. Um, plus, you know, like, um, there's another team, uh, B- Buffalo, not playing as well as we thought they would. And uh, Tennessee lost Derrick Henry. They were the one seed at the time I said to take the bet. Look what happens. It's December football. Give me Mahomes and Andy Reid. Yeah. Honestly, if, if we've been looking, and I've been seeing stuff on you know TV, watching football games and stuff, and everyone's like, what's up with the Chiefs? What's up with the Chiefs this year? They still look way better than almost any team I've watched live. Yeah, they're still probably the best. Maybe Green Bay may be the best team I've seen this year because they're consistent. I meant in the but, AFC. You're correct with that because Green Bay's look good. But Kansas City's up there. I mean, they still have the best record in the AFC. They're just only beating teams by 10 points instead of 30 points. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, maybe that's, uh, it says something to their legacy from the last year or two that when they're only winning by, you know, a, a single digit margin, it seems mm-hmm. like they're yeah, losing. Yeah. T- teams adjust to, you know, what they put out there, but they're still, in, they're, they're still the scariest team come playoff time. No doubt about it. Well, uh, speaking of a single digit margin that is not the case in the game this sunday correct it is now you oh, get the really? news? no it was a 10 now it's on a seven and a half tyreek hill and travis kelsey are both on the COVID list oh wow well, don't they have Buster. time 
Should they have time to be positive or negative before the game? There's, it's possible. I know Kelsey's vaccinated. Um, Harrison Bucker, bigger deal than people think. The kicker is also on the COVID list. Oh, um, so it's possible they do play in with the. They're, those are like they're those are obviously their two best skilled guys on their offense, mm-hmm. and their kicker, and it's only good for a three point swing. Yeah, <laughs> that I says mean, a lot. The Steelers, and not <laughs> to mention it's not a three like it's still over a seven point spread. Yeah, which is and crazy. The, and those are their two biggest playmakers on offense. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, one thing I want to get at, too, is there's a possibility now that we they've let the cat out of the bag on rescheduling due to COVID. I wonder if they would do it. I mean, they did it for the Browns to make it more competitive. I could see them doing the same thing for Kansas City. Uh, let's hope they don't. Yeah, I'm hoping. Hopefully, you know, maybe Mahomes will catch something. <laughs> and the spread will just be six and a half. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, um. No, ben will Kelsey get something, and it'll go back up too. to nine. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, I have Kelsey in the fantasy league, too, so I, I need him to play the Steelers. I'll shred him, but I also don't want him to play because the Steelers' playoff hopes are basically uh, in jeopardy. So what, Steelers do control their own destiny, though. 3-0 and gets them in the playoffs. Well, that's where you want to be as a team at this point in the season. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, so, yeah a victory over... Uh, Baltimore and Cleveland, since those are divisional games, we'll put them ahead. They're, they also have a tiebreaker over Denver and Buffalo, if necessary, and now Tennessee. If I, if they could, I can see them going two and one out of these. And I was, I'm, a, I'm surprised that they beat Tennessee. So I, if you would have told me they went three and four out of their last four games last week, I would have been kind of optimistic with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I do too, but. I mean that that could put you in the playoffs right now with what we're dealing with. Um, unfortunately, it means they would probably head to Foxport Borough in the first round if they do sneak in. But hey, I mean it's it's better than what I expected. It's a COVID era too, man. Anything can happen whenever you get into the playoffs and Mac Jones is like, I'm out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know that's just part of the game now. Um, the smarter teams have players who are vaccinated. Tampa Bay, the champs from last year, reportedly had 100%, uh, you know, <laughs> COVID clearance, or everyone at least had a card. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> had a card. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100% of them claimed to be vaccinated. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, what I was going to, I guess, like, you know, smarter teams are going to be the guys with more vaccinated players. I mean, it's going to be a benefit when it comes to playoff time. Um, yeah. So, um, what what do but, you think uh, the Steelers it, will need to do going in? Is it in Arrowhead or is it in Pittsburgh? It's in Arrowhead. Oh, that's no good. If it, so, I could see them pulling out a win in Pittsburgh, but I think going to Arrowhead is a, is a tall order. It is, but well, the we could, the Steelers kind of asked for a better way of traveling to Arrowhead than the situations they're at now. Um, Chiefs are not a team that's good at running the football this season, which has been the Steelers' weak point as a defense. Um, teams have had greater success playing Kansas City when you rush four and drop eight. Um, Steelers are just going to have to get pressure with Cam Hayward, TJ Watt up front. And most importantly, if Hill and Kelsey can't go, they don't have a viable other option. Yeah. They have not found anybody else on their team 
to produce when these guys aren't putting up the numbers they do. As a matter of fact, 55% of Patrick Mahomes' passing yards this season went to either Hill or Kelsey, and 53% of his touchdowns went to Hill or Kelsey. Wow. That's pretty consistent. That's strange that the numbers are that close. And someone was like, the, the touchdowns to yardage ratio is exactly the same for the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're, you know, without them, it's substantially different. Um, I saw the numbers today. Uh, Miracle Hardman's third in receiving yards. Um, he's somewhere in the 400s, and then Kelsey and Hill have already broken 1,000 already. So oh, that's wow. a substantial drop-off. That is, that's really top-heavy. Mm-hmm. And and people say Hardman's, you know, a speed guy. He's like a Tyreek Hill. He is not like Tyreek Hill. They're the mm-hmm. same type of wide receiver, but you see the ball in the hands of either one of them. Tyreek Hill can make moves that, that just don't make sense. Yeah, they're the same uh, prototype of wide receiver, but one of them has a turbo button, and it makes a difference. Yeah, yeah, and so just the moves he made. Like, when he calls himself Cheetah, his nickname, like, he does cut in ways that, like, Lamar Jackson and Tyree Hill have he a way can, of moving that no other human... But when did. you have that speed, you can take different angles that other people can't take and get away with that he's just used to. Like, he gets so close, and it looks like people are moving in slow motion around him, and it's something I'm not used to seeing in the NFL, like his speed being that much faster. Maybe mm-hmm. Devin Hester. Right, and even then, like, Hester didn't put up you know, he didn't have the hands. That yeah. had. Like he makes plays everywhere. Yeah. And he is so scary. Even on a play action jet sweep, like you have to have your eyes on number 10 at all times. Where did Tyreek Hill play in college? He went to a, um, I think he tr- was a transfer too. So he played, um, Sorry to Oklahoma play state for a couple years and then transferred to, um, West Alabama. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he was at Oklahoma State and ended up leaving. I can't imagine him not playing on a Division One team. Like, is that Division One or is that like Division One A, FBC, or whatever? Something That's like that. It's definitely not the typical. Yeah, <laughs> Division One. Um, um, but you know, you would think somebody with that speed, you would just be on at least a MAC team. Like Kent yeah, State yeah, wouldn't mean, give you an they, offer. <laughs> Pitt would give you an offer because you can run a Ford too. It's it's the reality of the game, you know. Even like well, like Joe Flacco was at Pitt, and then he went to Delaware, and they became a first round pick. It's yeah. like how does not any team, you know, in the um, FBS recognize yeah. that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, how about uh, a little known college fact? Uh, Jackson State uh, with uh, Deion Sanders. Apparently, I heard. You know, landed the top recruit in high school. Oh, my God. That is crazy to me. That is insane. Coach Prime, he, he he's uh, he's doing well coaching there, I think. Yeah, he's done. He's done very well for, um, you know, what I his was son's expecting. the quarterback, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't follow it very heavily. Jackson State by any means, but it's just something I heard was they got the top recruit. That's insane. I uh, I mean, obviously it has to be one hundred percent because Deion Sanders is the coach. But that that's that's crazy to to see the number one has that number one person ever not gone to a Division one school. I I, I do not know. Or that. what is Jackson State? Because I mean, I don't want to say that they're not Division one, but they're not 
I don't think they are. Yeah, um, I think that they're D two. I mean, I've never seen them play in um FBS game. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Travis Hunter's that the recruit playing for it. Um, oh, it says n- number two recruit. I'm seeing. Okay. So yes, yes. Sc- screw them. They, never they, mind. They that changes they everything. Only number two recruit. <laughs> But yeah, he, <laughs> the I, number one recruit was probably like, uh, I, I think I'll take Coach Saban. And I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll take <laughs> Division One championship other than, <laughs> you know, a, a cart that goes around with spinners. Because I followed uh, uh, Deion Sanders on Instagram because I think Deion Sanders is absolutely hilarious. And I think he's gold. He's funny. I, I, I he like funny. I like his uh, an analyst uh, analysis because he's uh, he just says hilarious shit. That's like accurate too. He's he's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, he he is. I I like him on uh, commentary or and um he, he's always entertaining. He, yeah, he right. Knows. He's he's more entertaining than anything. And I'm uh-huh. surprised that I I like Ryan Clark's uh, analyst. I think Ryan Clark's She's very, very good. Yeah, I like him way more in that role than as a free safety. Yeah, he was a hell of a free safety too. Um, what do you think? I keep going to ask you. What do you, what do the Steelers need to do to beat Kansas City? Well, like I said, I think that um, a strength to them is the lack of run game Kansas City has, and then obviously the lack of weapons if Hill and Kelsey can't go. Um, the lack of a, a starting kicker, I think, is a bigger deal than a lot of people think. Buckers one of the best kickers in the game. I think the kicker from the practice squad squads at least. 10 to 15 yards distance, um, you know, d- difference if it comes to kicking a field and, goal. And this is, this will be December 26th. This isn't September 10th, you know. Mm-hmm. In December too. Yeah, it's going to be an issue it, for this weather. Is, yeah, and Arrowhead, the the wind is windy in there. The wind is uh, swirling or whatever. Tornado mm-hmm. winds in there. Mm-hmm. And then when that happens, it benefits the team who can run the ball better. Um but unfortunately for the Steelers case, you know, controlling line of scrimmage is tough with the line that we've just discussed. Um, but Chris Jones did not play last week. Um, yeah. He'll be questionable this week. If he plays, that's an entirely different defense. And he's going to be, you know, a handful. He, could, he could be a bigger loss to them than the offensive weapons. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be huge. Because he week. would wreak havoc on the Steelers offensive line. Uh-huh. He'll, he'll just take the game over. I mean, besides him, Tyron Matthews, the only one on their defense that's, you know, a big name. Um, Melvin Ingram's there now. He might, I don't know if that, may, may, he may be able to leak some information or, you know, I, I don't know how well that works, but I, I think the Steelers need to win this game. It's going to have to be what they've done all year, play defense, run the ball, don't turn the ball over. And I you can't do that against Kansas City because they're going to prey on any weakness you have. Their defense has been killing the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. I think that if it becomes a shootout, Ben at this stage of his career is not keeping up. Not, with not with Patrick Mahomes. Not at any point in Ben's career. I mean, not as long as they've been in the league together. Maybe 2010, Ben. 2010, yeah, yeah, Ben. I, I just, Mahomes is just that guy. It's... um. I mean, he, he has thrown more uh, turnovers this season, but, I mean, once all said and done, if you turn the ball over, but you're able to move the ball as efficiently as he can, it only goes so far. I, I, I don't want to see a shootout between Mahomes and Roethlisberger, but honestly, if it comes down to it and there's 
two minutes on the clock and Roethlisberger has the ball and they're down by four. I'm not saying the Steelers don't have a chance. I mean, Ben's played well in the fourth quarter. Yeah, he really has. It seems like he just doesn't care until then. It's like, okay, let's just make it interesting. Yeah, they play better with urgency. It's like, you know, weird to watch. Um, Mahomes only has one career game against Pittsburgh, and it was his third career NFL start. And in that game, I mean, he threw for 326, zero interceptions, a rating of 154.8, and six touchdowns. Holy shit. You, you almost literally couldn't have a better game. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, the only way they win, I think, is if Hill and Kelsey both are rolled out. And Chris Jones. And they find a way to just limit <laughs> these guys. You know, Mahomes can't be as effective if you're just like man-to-man with Hardman, Pringle, these guys who are, you know, obviously not putting up, not by any means starting caliber wide receivers in this league. You, you got to just look at it as if you're covering those guys rather than Mahomes is the guy getting them the football is mm-hmm. the way I would approach it. What's your what's your uh, pick for the game? Or is it uh, one of your five? Uh, I, I, I think the Chiefs t- take this victory. Yeah. Do you think they take it with the points? Um, it, it, It's tough to save the status of Hill and Kelsey. Um. Okay. If these guys do play, they'll cover the 10-point spread. If they don't play, uh, you know, I'll say that that they cover regardless. I I really do like the way Mahomes is and how um, Andy Reid is in December. I don't see – the Chiefs, when they play, always play with heart, even when they lose. Steelers, sometimes you just see a team that's lazy and doesn't care. This could be one where they just – hit a touchdown early and like the Steelers just don't like have it in them. Yeah. It's like the Monday night game where Peyton Manning hit Marvin Harrison and, Mm. you know, years ago and during the Super Bowl 40 year, but that like opening play just like set the tone for the rest. I remember that. That was like a wheel route down the sideline and he just hit him wide open. (laughs) Yeah. I, I could sense the same thing coming this week potentially. Oh, yeah. All right. Are you ready to get into your picks? Yes, I'm ready. All right. Number one. All right. For number one, we're going to begin early this week, Thursday night. Give me San Francisco minus three and a half against Tennessee. Um, Obviously, we saw what Tennessee did this past week, and they're not a good football team without Derrick Henry, and they're definitely not a good football team without Derrick Henry, Julio Jones, or A.J. Brown. Um. <laughs> San Fran is 5-1 and one <laughs> in their last six games, averaging about 30 points per game in that span. Um, Jimmy Grapplow in that span also 10 touchdowns to just three interceptions. And then more recently, Tennessee in their last four games is 1-3. They're at that only victory coming against Jacksonville, where the defense had four interceptions and shut them out 20 to nothing. But but besides that, Tennessee, like I said, was 0-3 in that Spain, scoring 13 points in all three of those games. JP, you'll have to refresh my memory. I can't remember. When Vrabel got hired as the coach, was he the interim coach, and then they made him the official coach? Or did uh, they hire him as the head coach? I don't remember that. Okay. Was, he, was Munchak fired in the middle of the year? I can't remember. Is that who the coach was before him? I think Has he was. been coaching unless there that long? Unless there's a guy in the middle... Okay. Uh, I'm just surprised that 
nothing against Vrabel because I Vrabel was a good football player and versatile and stuff. I just didn't expect him to be a head coach that fast and like really with the success that he's had relatively. Yeah, that's that's like the uh, uh, Belichick way, I guess. Um, he played for a great uh, coach, played well, and I think that you know part of that is why he's been you know effective as a coach. He was able uh, in Brady's last season in New England. He used you know like the penalties to benefit the clock when he was running the clock on the punt against New England. Yeah, and was able to you know he purposely took a false start and a delay a game. You know, it's just situational stuff that he's really good at. Yeah, that's and, and I remember hearing this before, and it's really it rings true. You see all these guys that leave from Belichick, and not all of them have a ton of success. When you see like the Charlie Weisses and uh, Romeo Crennels, but the, Josh McDaniels as he went. But you see all these coaches like Joe, them, Joe Judge at the moment. Yeah, well, then you see you know uh, Bill O'Brien and uh, all, all just all Flora, those guys. Brian Flores, right. You, there's what ten guys who have been head coaches from under Belichick or Rabel, if you want to count him. Um, you don't ever see anybody from Pittsburgh ever leave and become a head coach anymore. It, it no, used to be Wisenhunt and Russ Grimm were kind of. Yeah, the but Belichick guys don't really pan out as well as you would think. Though, like I think Andy Reid is kind of the guy you go to if you want to. He has the know. best coaching tree. Yeah, yeah, Andy Reid more so. Um. But yeah, Belichick. I think like a lot of guys want to manipulate or you know duplicate. I meant his system by finding a guy under him, and it just doesn't pan out. New yeah. England, you know, sets the tone. It's its own thing. Yeah, you even yeah, see but, there's some guys that have coached under Pete Carroll, even right? Didn't Dan Quinn coach that defense? And mm-hmm. he's coaching a hell of a defense in, in Dallas right now. Yeah, yeah, he's a great uh, coordinator. He's there's some guys who are just they should just be coordinators. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean Dan Quinn's gone to a Super Bowl as a head coach, um, but I, I think like yeah, he's done a great job in Dallas this year. Yeah, um, yeah, but to get back to my point, Tannehill is also in his last four games two touchdowns, six interceptions, less than two hundred yards a game. I saw what they did this past week. They look boring. They look slow. And San Fran's trending in the right way. I'm going to take San Fran minus three and a half. All right, number two. Uh, I don't really like this pick, but it was, um, uh, you know, something among the five that I thought, uh, you know, was one of the better options. The Rams this week, I'll take minus three against Minnesota. Um, Minnesota's coming off a game where they beat the Bears, but it, it was sloppy play. Um, Cousins threw for less than 100 yards, but they squeaked out a victory against Justin Fields and Matt Nagy. Um, I don't see Stafford and McVay having the same issues. Um, uh, Vikings are three and five this season versus teams with winning record, and Stafford ranks uh, fifth in passing yards, second in passing touchdowns against a defense that's allowed the third most passing yards and the fifth most passing touchdowns all year. I think it's it's a great matchup for him, and Vikings have given up the most fantasy points to wide receivers this year. And Cooper Cup has had a phenomenal year, a historic year. And um, uh, OBJ's caught a touchdown in every game since joining the Rams. Yeah. So I, I like the Rams to cover three. They're a team. Uh, they're, there's a handful of teams that I'm really interested in seeing how they end up playing in the playoffs. And the Rams are one of them. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Stafford has never had playoff success, and he's still a guy in his first year of a new coach. Um, and yeah, he is kind of the the key reason I want to see how the Rams look versus a year ago with Goff. Yeah, and it, it's the same story. You know, they're investing heavy. At, you know, Von Miller. You know, they brought him in. They brought OBJ in. It's they're very superstar heavy. Whereas one injury, I think, could throw them off significantly. Um, Not, but we. No, not that the Rams have, you know, they're not going in, you know, beating their chest undefeated or anything. But I'm really surprised at how quickly Matt Stafford kind of picked up an entirely new offense. Although I guess in Detroit, you're pretty much having a new head coach every other year anyway. Um, but kind of just picking that up. And they're still a playoff team. Like, there didn't seem to be any kind of learning curve. No, no, no. no. I, I play, It's a team. He finally gets stability at coach. He has you know, the best line he's had of what worth protecting his backside. And I mean, look at the year Cooper Cup's having. He's put up, Stafford's better with Cup than he was with Megatron. I mean, look at the numbers. Yeah. All right. Um, and But what was your pick for that? Uh, Rams minus three. All right. Number three. We're going to stick in LA here. I'm going to take the Chargers minus nine and a half against the Texans. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, uh, less than 10 against the Texans for a team like the Chargers. The Texans spread. coming off a big win, right? They did, and I picked them, remember. <laughs> I said, take you. I'm now 1-0 while picking Houston, I believe, and 2-0 and while picking Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Atlanta is actually way better. Not, I shouldn't say way better. Their record is way better than I thought they were. They're, like, in the hunt. <laughs> they are in the hunt. That I don't know. Like They're, they're the funniest team alive right now in my opinion i don't think i don't think they do i hope the falcons win the nfc 100 <laughs> percent. there's no doubt about it that's the team i want to win the super <laughs> although i'm disappointed with with covid in cleveland and baker out i was hoping for case keenum to step in yeah and so they put in nick mullins so i guess baker's the third best quarterback on the side <laughs> yeah. nick mullins for the record if you look up his numbers are actually well case good. keenum has covid as well that sounds like a tongue twister <laughs> yeah, yeah. Case that, Keenum that's... has COVID in Cleveland. Case Keenum has COVID in Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, uh, that that's a shame. Uh, clear, clearly, uh, Raiders. You know, Dang Carlson would have missed that kick if Keenum was there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's what it would have been. He would have. He would have. He would have done. Uh, what's it called in basketball? <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. Psychout. Psych yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Case Keenum leading the league in psychouts. <laughs> well, what would have happened? It would Steve be like Perry. It would have been like in the replacements when they fake the kick at the end because the kicker's like uh, gambling or whatever. <laughs> Keenum just would have picked it up and ran it in. That's, hey, Keenum just would have had it done, you know. Hashtag on the case. <laughs> anyway, Houston and not, not 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 the Cougars where Case Keenum played college ball <laughs> for eight years against the Mud Dogs. <laughs> um, the the uh, Texans, not not the Cougars, obviously. Yeah. Houston, um, I like I I feel like nine and a half Chargers versus Houston kind of explains it already. But to get into detail, Houston is one in six at home on the year, and one in six versus teams with a running winning record. Only team they beat with a winning record was the Titans without Derrick Henry. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, nine of their losses this year were by at least 10 points. Um, they're, they're last in rush offense, bottom three in pass offense. 
<laughs> so, yeah, they're not going to be moving the ball whatsoever against Joey Bosa and the Chargers. Um, <laughs> Chargers, um, get this, Justin Herbert leads the NFL this season of games with 300-plus passing yards. And then so far in December, he's only thrown two interceptions to eight touchdowns. Chargers are an inconsistent team. It's a big spread. But I like the way they've played ball the past couple weeks. I don't see Houston keeping up with them. Uh, Tyrod Taylor missed last week. He'll either be coming off injury or they'll roll up Davis Mills again. And uh, Chargers are second in the NFL in total touchdowns, and the Texans are last. The Chargers have 25 more touchdowns this year than the Texans. Oh, wow. Oh, my God, is that substantial. (laughs) Speaking of substantial, though, uh, while I'm thinking about it, we're talking about gambling. Um, A friend of the show, former guest, uh, Mike Zydell, he was on the regular Poor Man's Podcast probably two or three weeks ago, so listen to him. He was hilarious. Uh, I just saw him at the Improv uh, at Matt Light's show uh, last week. But he uh, he guessed the score right for the Cleveland game, the 16-14. to 14. Oh, that's crazy. And he put five bucks on it and won like $1,200. Oh, my gosh. I, I saw someone <laughs> who placed... Um, it was like sixteen hundred. So like obviously you have too much money for betting sixteen hundred on what this guy bet. It was um he parlayed a Jets defensive touchdown. I saw bet. that. What was that? Yeah. Who that that white receiver on the Jets that no one knows, number ten or whatever his name is. I don't know. They like parlay parlayed them to score and they both scored. He hit for over like a hundred K. Wait, so he parlayed that random guy to score. Yes, new, new Wayne Krabat. He parlayed him to score and the defense, the Jets defense to score. Yes, I'm surprised the Jets defense scored twice in the game. I'm surprised they had a turnover. Yeah. Oh <laughs> wow. Uh, and then he hit for what? He? Why would you gamble that much? You have to have money to throw away if you're just sixteen hundred. You have too much money. <laughs> yeah. Oh my well, god. Well, he's probably also doing it for every game. He also probably parlayed. Houston's D to score a touchdown with somebody else. Yeah. So you probably lose. Right. I mean, you would have to lose (laughs) almost what you win each week. Yeah, that's like, you know, a a hole that you don't want to go down. (laughs) Yeah. Like, if that's your strategy, you're going to lose so much money. A better strategy would just be to throw 100K on, you know, the Chargers cover or something, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Rather than that. But I guess low risk it's 1600 for that guy you know yeah that's insane that's uh, <laughs> i don't know yeah there has to be more to that story but let's uh let's move on number four we're gonna go with the colts this week plus two against the cardinals the colts are uh, on a roll colts i've loved for a while now um they began 0-3 this year, and since then, they've been lights out. Jonathan Taylor scored a touchdown every game this year since the 0-3 start. And the Cardinals are coming off a lousy loss to the Lions. Um, and you're giving me the Colts. There's another tongue twister. Lousy yeah. loss to the Lions. Case Keenum. Cafe. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe the Lions are just playing better. Yeah, I mean, uh, probably. Probably not. I mean, yeah. I mean, they're no... <laughs> Jacksonville now holds the number one pick, and that's without a coach that's kicking their players. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, were we talking about Urban Meyer last week? When did he get fired? Yeah, uh, he got fired 
uh, this week. So I like said there was a lot of tension, and then he was fired <laughs> like two days later yeah. after. Everything. It said that there was like a definitive riff in the room. Yeah, everyone was like, no, like we're not playing for this guy, which is why I was so big on Houston this past week. And look, look what happened. Like sometimes you get that like your head coach is fired, so you get pumped when you get that new coach for a week. We saw it with the Raiders yeah. this year. Right. Well, you just come out and ball. You can't do that when you're the Jaguars. I mean, just look at their what they had. You hey, know? <laughs> I I would love. What if Byron Leftwich gets the call? Uh, OC from Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and we'll see how the season ends here. But he was a former pick for them, former fourth, yeah, yeah. first round pick. Yeah, Tre- Trevor Lawrence could get Leftwich. I-, I I would love it. That might work out. I would let. Le- I don't hate on Byron Leftwich. I liked him with the Steelers as like that guy on the sidelines with Ben. Yeah, I did too. If you heard all of a sudden, um, you know, Matt Canada got fired and they brought in Leftwich, I'd yeah. be on board 100%. Yeah. I think he seems like a smart guy that uses his weapons in the right way. Yeah, I feel like he knows. And I think he, yeah, too. he's one of those guys, and you see that a lot. And I think the, it's strange to say, but it seems like some of the best head coaches are like the quarterbacks that are kind of fringy. Like, I mean, maybe not the Frank best, Wright. but you see a lot of guys. Frank Wright, uh, Jason Garrett. You see Doug guys, Peterson. right? There's, I mean, there's a handful in the league right now. Yeah, yeah, I agree, and I think he's done a great job. You know, Brady and all them. Um, plus, he's going to learn from Brady too. Like, I'm sure he picked up on you know Arians, who, who's been a great coach everywhere he goes. He's just been exposed to a lot of winning cultures. Uh, JP, sorry, this is kind of non sequitur, but it's while we're thinking of backup quarterbacks. We need to think of who has made, like, the most money and has done the last. I would have to think Matt Flynn has to be high on that list. I actually saw something today about Mike Glennings, like, <laughs> and he hasn't won a game since, like, 2013 or something. Oh, or 11. I, I, I forget. Gino Smith like should be up got, there. Like, the Bears gave him, like, $18 million. But, like, the thing with Matt Flynn is, like, it wasn't even like he's played and was bad. He just never played because Russell Wilson just took over when he went to Seattle. Yeah, yeah. I wonder, like, Flynn, he just always had he, – he's like uh, – He was an yeah. LSU guy. Did he? Is he a national champion? Yeah, LSU national title. Yeah. He, Who played on that the, team with him? Can you remember? Was, I think, like, Jacob Hester. Yeah, it may, it may have been that. I don't, I, I don't know if it was the Jamarcus Russell team or the Matt Flynn team. Uh, are they both national champions? The, I'm not. I don't think Jamarcus Russell won. Uh, I don't know. But Flynn, he was the team. It was the craziest college year ever. Like the year where Kansas and Missouri made it up to one and two. <laughs> but then like LSU ended up winning. Like yeah. Yeah, that was the year Flynn was there. Uh, was that when Kansas had Jake Sharp? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I Kerry think, Meyer. Like, it was the year like Colt Brennan set the records for Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah. Case Keenum was probably a junior, <laughs> a fourth year uh, freshman. I forgot. And we talk about Case Keenum every week, like jokingly, but I forgot he was like the guy from Houston that set all the single season records or career records. Yeah, that's when I made the Cougars reference. Yeah. Well, when you said that, it like I clicked with me, and I was like, "Oh my god, I forgot that!" Like we talk about him as a backup quarterback, but he is like the most legit quarterback in college history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I met the Cougars with Case Keenum, not with Greg Meany. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was the coach's name? Do you remember? Uh, Red Bowyu. <laughs> yeah, Red Bowyu. That's <laughs> such a it's such a dumb movie. Yeah, that guy b- builds a winning culture. I tell you. Uh, Henry Winkler's <laughs> funny in that though. That's a, if you're in, in the, uh, I don't want to go off tangent since we, I said Colts plus two, and then we talked about Urban Meyer, now the water boy, but, um, who went? anyway, um, in college football, for the record, you can never be on a 40 game losing streak. Like the mud dogs lose opening week and then still go to the national title. <laughs> yeah. It's just mathematically. Impossible. Don't they lose multiple games that year? Uh, I, and then I they win know. four games, and now they're in the national title <laughs> with like the other team that's definitely in their conference. They're kind of <laughs> like Tebow, but Boucher on defense. They win games like six to three. Yeah, <laughs> and that's not going to climb you up the pole. No, like if no. you win every game like and, that, you're going to be ranked 18. Unless they're playing like Ohio State, and Michigan every other week. That who do you think wins between uh, the? Mu- the Mud Dogs and uh, Shane Falco's replacements. Oh, uh, man. Pro, pro, I, I or what, what's their team name well, in, in the replacements? I don't know. I think they're from Washington. I forget their name. Uh, are they the Generals? That is also a professional no. team, and professional team will always beat a college team. <laughs> but let's just say they're on the same level. I would take the Mud Dogs for on the same level just because I think Boucher wrecks everything, whereas, well, the replacements actually aren't professionals either. They're replacements, so... Yeah, they're kind of like the miracle. I, 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 I like, would see Boucher uh, just wrecking the game. Yeah, but Shane Falcon might have some. Ah, yeah, I guess not. Bobby Boucher can play kicker and offense too. Yeah, well, he, he's a game breaker on NFL Street. He touches, he gets a fumble. Yeah, yeah. When you when you put it that way, that you know what JP that sums it up very succinctly and proves your point, and I agree with it. Fair enough. <laughs> Let's Fair move. enough. Mud Dogs plus three. Next pick. No. Um, uh, so Colts uh, plus two over Arizona. Um, Arizona's three and four in their last seven games, and zero and three in their last home, three home games. Oh, wow. uh, DeAndre Hopkins is still out. I saw Rondell Moore is banged up too, so they're limited at wide receiver. And the Colts just on a tear. Seven and two in their last nine games. Jonathan Taylor's lowest rushing yards stats in that span is 70 yards yeah. rushing. Yeah. He's had two games under 100 yards um, in that span. And Colts averaged 32 and a half points per game in their last four. And that's playing. Now, Houston is an exception, but the other three teams they played New England, Tampa Bay, and Buffalo. And they, again, they have a takeaway in every game this season. And you're giving me two points. Um, Cardinals, I think teams might be figuring out a little. And the Colts are, you know, they control the line, line of scrimmage, offensive line. They have the best offensive lineman in football in Quentin Nelson and the best running back in football. That's always a duo that is a recipe to control the clock. And it's not like they have a... You know, Derrick Henry, and then you have Tannehill to manage the game. Wentz is an efficient quarterback and can win you games instead of, you know, he's not going to lose you games. And I think that if you are in a tough situation, he can overcome. You know, he can come from behind better than a lot of teams who look to milk the clock and control the clock. This is another one, kind of like to get back to that Matt Stafford analogy, uh, where it's another quarterback coming in, taking over from Philip Rivers last year, right? Philip mm-hmm. Rivers was playing last year. This is Carson Wentz's first year with the Colts. 
Yeah, well, this is the, I believe, fourth year in a row the Colts have a different quarterback. Oh, yeah. So it's just another guy just stepping in and just, you know, finding the right fit, I guess. And Frank Reich is, is an impressive coach to me. He seems like he's really stepped into a situation in Indianapolis where, like, Andrew Luck was retired and they didn't really know what they were doing. And he's kind of made Indianapolis competitive as long as he's been there. Yeah, as quickly as he could, too. Um, yeah, 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 Andrew Luck, Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett's another one who's made a lot of money not playing a lot, you know, as a backup. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Matt Castle has to be near the top of that list. Yeah. <laughs> and and now, um, yeah, yeah, uh, Carson Wentz, he did have uh, Frank Reich in Philly. And it, you know, it, it's been a great connection. Do you think anyone outside of Matt Castle's family's favorite football player is Matt Castle? <laughs> <laughs> I no. guarantee the answer is no. And like I'm <laughs> there you could pick almost any player and there's probably a guy like I love Dan Kreider. I I guarantee nobody's like loving for fucking Matt Castle. Matt Castle. Yeah, I mean the Chiefs fans cheered when he got hurt a few <laughs> years ago. <laughs> and and then who came that? in for him? Was was that before Alex Smith? Yeah, it was before cuz it was like the year they were the worst team in the league. <laughs> I don't even remember who the backup was. Uh, oh, I'm trying to think of who was on that team. That Colts team. Well, I mean, that Chiefs team. Was that when Tyler Palco was playing? Yeah, Palco did play that year, I think. Yeah. Uh, then didn't they have Kyle Wharton for like a game? <laughs> they might have. I always really like Kyle Wharton. He looks like a like just a regular guy. Kyle, Kyle, that was the year, or maybe, I don't know, but Kyle Wharton did sign midseason of the Chiefs once and beat Green Bay, and Green Bay went 15-1 and that year, losing to Kyle Wharton. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle Wharton kind of reminds me of a, immediately. of a cross between, like, Dave Grohl and uh, uh, who else? Like, Andrew W.K. He seems like he should be, like, in a band like that. <laughs> Who's that again? Uh, Kyle Wharton reminds me of somebody yeah, like Kyle that. Yeah, kind of. I, I, Kyle Wharton, I, I've always liked his like. Or he'd be like one of the workaholics. Like he seems yeah. like a goofball. <laughs> but I liked him. All right. Yeah. Let's, uh, so what was the pick for that? Uh, we're going to take Indy plus two. All right. And this is your last pick. Number five. All right. We're going back to the AFC North here. Um, I, I, I've liked Baltimore's a winning culture all year, but. I got to take Cincinnati this week. Cincinnati minus two and a half against Baltimore. Um, again, well, Lamar didn't play last week. Maybe Huntley plays. Um, and if he does play, it's that ankle injury. Now, I, I, I lost last week. Huntley played a great game, and they lost to Green Bay by one. I, I didn't think it would happen. I thought Green Bay was a lock. Having said it, uh, I'm going to take the hot hand here. Um, since he's trending uh, in the past few weeks better than Baltimore, um, first meeting between these guys since he won this year on the road, forty-one to seventeen. They're now they get a home game against Baltimore. Um, Baltimore's still hurt in the secondary again. No Marlon Humphrey. Um, and yep. e- even if uh, Lamar can go, he hasn't played well. Um, coming off the week eight bye week, he's thrown for six touchdowns to eight interceptions. And um, Burrow's played better. He's actually the highest graded quarterback according to PFF so far this season. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Um, do, do we know, uh, what's their record? Is it better for the Steelers if one wins versus the other? 
Uh, it would be just at this point. I'm hoping Cincinnati just goes like three and zero the rest of the year. They take the division, give them the division, compete yeah. for a wild card. You know what? I were you on the on poor man's podcast, just a normal show, I believe before the season when we made predictions for the Steelers. Yes. Okay. I believe the egghead said Baltimore would come at last in the division, which was a bold pick at the time, <laughs> which is still mathematically possible with the way the teams are. We were all big on Cincinnati coming up, but I feel like we were all kind of relatively close. So I have to go back and listen. But if egghead calls uh, Ravens in last place and they find a way to drop, that would be, that would be hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. That's good for him. I, I said, uh, Steelers and Cleveland would both be um, average at best. Cleveland would take a step back. Pittsburgh would be 500-ish, which are, you know, both accurate. I thought Baltimore would be better, but, I mean, they have injuries everywhere, so that's not even fair. And Cincy, I said, would be better, but, I mean, they're playing way better than I anticipated. Yeah, absolutely. I thought they were going to – I thought that they were, like, another season away from being what they are right now. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, Jamar Chase has um, the drops have been coming up, but despite that, he has played at a much higher level than I thought. And I, I think Boyd and Higgins are great complimentary pieces, and J- Joe Mixon is going to be. They have some good team. young pieces on that Bengals team. Yeah, they're great. And the Trey Hendrickson sign is the best free agent sign this season, arguably. He he hasn't been. Uh... You don't see him everywhere. He's not like the guy on uh, Gatorade commercials and stuff, but he's been a beast in, in the league, like double-digit sacks since he's been in the league, I feel like. Mm-hmm. He was yeah, good with got, New Orleans. Yeah, 13 sacks this season. Yeah. He's just weird-looking because he wears sleeves and no gloves. <laughs> he's dressed <laughs> like a long snapper, so nobody thinks he's good. Yeah, yeah, he's like the guy that like is created on Madden or, you know, that looks <laughs> weird. He's like the guy who went from NCAA onto Madden, but one of his features was on NCAA, but not on Madden. So they've removed it he's like a, from his hands. So now he's yeah. just wearing sleeves. He's like the default character. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, on like NFL street to get yeah, back he's, to that. He's definitely wearing a sweater on NFL street. <laughs> yeah. And like a staff <laughs> polo shirt or something. Um, oh, I can't remember. What, what was the, the pick for? Oh, that's what I was talking about. We were talking about that. Um, so, uh, if the Bengals win, uh, what what's the AFC or what's the playoff picture look like right now as far as the Steelers go? They're in right now? Are they seven they're or are out, they they're, right they're, outside? Um, so, seven get in. Baltimore's at eight and Pittsburgh's at nine at the moment. Oh, but okay. Pittsburgh controls their own destiny because they play Cleveland and Baltimore. Is, so is Cincinnati winning the division as of now? Ball, or since he's winning the division right Okay, now. so that's why you're saying you hope they win and just maintain that. Baltimore falls out of the, the playoff picture as well as Cleveland, pretty much. Yeah, basically that's what I'm hoping for. Just since he's just let them have the division at this yeah. point. Let's, let's fight for a wild card. That makes sense. All right, JP. Anything else you'd like to add to that? Uh, No, I... Uh... No, no, I, I'm. I feel pretty confident this week. I like um, again. So San Fran minus three and a half against Tennessee. Rams minus three against the Vikings. Chargers minus nine and a half against the Texans. And then uh, Colts plus two against Arizona. And Cincy minus two and a half against Baltimore. All right, thank you, JP. You wanted to talk about some boxing now as well. 
Yeah, yeah. Jake so um, this past weekend was the um, uh, Jake Paul pay-per-view. Um, and I, I've been, um, you know, it, entertained to say the least from uh, his boxing career thus far. Um, more as like a, as an entertaining thing. But in addition to that, uh, the whole card throughout the night was entertaining. Four matches and uh, we got to see Frank Gore in the ring too. Yeah, that didn't end up well for him from what, from the clips I've seen. I, I didn't watch the actual fight. I did see him get pushed out of the ring, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So um, to, to, to recap uh, quickly, the first match, uh, Liam uh, Perro defeated Yomar Alamo. And that was probably the best, like, pound-for-pound pound fight of the night. Um, and then after that, we got into the Darren Williams beating Frank Gore, which <laughs> was in a split decision, which I, I don't know how it was split. <laughs> I thought Darren Williams toyed him the whole time <laughs> oh really yeah um it was sloppy all around um, <laughs> exactly it, what it, i it, expect it, it was bad like, there's a lot of them like wrapping each other up you know getting off balanced um s- seriously there was a point they it seems like a lot of those into the ropes it seems like a lot of those guys don't realize how much like stamina it takes yeah or like how to move like your body movement how to take an angle it was a lot of like they seem to. Ta- I think both of them tackled each other, at least twice, like into the ropes. Yeah, it, it was like, and it was sloppy. Like it seriously looked like at one point someone was throwing someone over the top rope to face the Undertaker at WrestleMania. Yeah, they need to. Uh, they need to just do like UFC style fighting and where anything goes because the boxing, the technique is so bad. At least for like mixed martial arts, it would be like at least street fighty. Yeah, and you could tell, like, they seem to, like, mirror each other, too, like, with their punches and movement. It seemed like, it was like, oh, he's doing this. Maybe that's proper movement. Maybe I should be doing that, too. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it, it looked bad. Um, and There was a, a part where Gore, it looked like the refs separated them, and the fight was still on. Some people thought it was pushing the rules. I, I thought it was a clean hit by Williams, though. Frank Gore had his hands down and just obviously lack of experience didn't know what he was doing. And William socked him with a right, right in the face. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hands God. down, just like <laughs> oh my God. no idea where he was <laughs> and hit him. Um, but I mean, Fr- Frank Gore was. Really, so really what cool happened? Did the ref break up like a, a hugging or something? And then when he backed him up, he punched him. Yeah, but like th- there was enough time to like where like Frank Gore should have oh, had hands up. Okay, so it did look watching it. It was like okay, you should have known better. Yeah, it wasn't it, like it was, bang bang. Yeah, it, it was a lot lack of awareness. Oh, okay. Yeah, Williams. Yeah, it was clean. <laughs> that makes it mind. kind of funny then. Yeah, he's just staring off into space with his hands at his sides, and he just gets popped in the face. <laughs> I mean, that's like the first thing they teach you to keep your hands up. Mm-hmm. And when you looked at them in the ring, it was like Gore looked so tiny too. Uh, Gore's five nine, two ten. Williams six three, two eleven. But like Williams looked to just tower over. Him. Yeah, he looked like a, like he was fighting like a teenager. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, it was. If anyone's ever it, played bully, it's like the boxing on that. <laughs> <laughs> and um, oh, what was I gonna say? Uh, Gore was humble at the end. He was like, yeah, the lack of experience. I, I would like to do it again. Um, he was like, this wasn't my night. Yeah. He took responsibility. At least he Aaron wasn't like, was I'm like, torn oh. my ACL hurt. And Frank Gore, I don't know. I like Frank Gore. I do too. 
um, Darren Williams was like, I think I'm done. I'm really done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he probably got like, hit once and was like, I'm done. Yeah. Like I'm a millionaire. What am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> I could so not be getting punched and be drinking and, uh, you know, eating a steak and watching yeah. other morons <laughs> getting punched. Yeah. Watch YouTubers get hit. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Th- those were the first two matches. And then we had um, Amanda uh, Serrano killing it again. She fought on the last card. She was the one who uh, won the last one because she looked like she was just head and shoulders better than everyone else. Yeah, yeah, she beat uh, Miriam um, Gutierrez uh, this week. Um, unanimous decision. Um, sh- sh- shout out to her for for lasting the fight because uh, Serrano definitely pound for pound better fighter, and you know deserved to win in a unanimous decision. Um, and uh, it, she now goes to forty two one and one with thirty KOs, and there uh, she could have a match with a. Uh, Undisputed lightweight champion Katie Taylor, who's nineteen and oh six knockouts. That seems to be the next big uh woman's match on the horizon potentially. That, that actually seems pretty pretty exciting to me. Cause uh, from watching her just on these, if anything, if anyone's gained anything, like an actual boxer from these Jake Paul fights, it should be her. Yeah, her she like is part of the same like deal with Jake Paul or something. Yeah. I forget how they're connected, but well, it's yeah. a smart move by her because she's getting out yeah, of there. Yeah. And she yeah, just she beats great. the shit out of everyone. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, she's has a great match coming up with, hopefully, uh, T- Taylor in the future. She's a uh, world champion Irish fighter. And I, I, I look forward to it if they get in a square circle together. If I mean, if she wasn't in those two fights, do you think she'd be getting a title shot right now? I mean, I, I don't know the ins and outs of boxing, but I would think that. Oh, she, they she was wanna... ranked in the top three in the women's division. Oh, was she? Then, yeah, so she is, like, legit in this win. I'm sure the experience... It's good for women's boxing. Yeah, good yeah, for boxing, but it's... Her name's out there, so... Yeah. You know, not only is she a great fighter, she has the recognition. That's and, one and, thing, and I'll say, and it's, uh, like, people get all upset with WNBA players not making the same as NBA players and stuff, the inequality with that. And my thing with that is, like, you have to bring in the revenue, and then you get paid based on that that's not based on you know the the ability it's you're kind of an employee and this is the revenue you bring in and you get a portion of that um but like the game is kind of lesser i mean people like it but it's not the big high action slam dunks globetrotter style stuff it's more finesse and layups and threes and passing and you know people who like basketball like that but people are so inclined to like the big dunk and stuff like that now where with women's fighting it's as good as the men's product i think like for sports you know when Mm -hmm. you see men and women's for everything you know beach volleyball is obviously good for women and stuff uh hockey's pretty accurate but you know you watch pro football and you watch women's football there's definitely a disparity for this like women's fighting is more exciting if not you know yeah, yeah, it, it's people beating each other up, and like, I mean, sports is obviously a men's market, generally speaking. Um, so, like, if you could see people who are gonna, you know, pound for pound fight each other, that's more of an even playing field in terms of like, like, uh, I, I know what you're saying. It's more of a, uh, a connection between men fighting and women fighting. It's rather than you know seeing them on a basketball court. There's limitations to what certain people can and can't do. Yeah. Whereas you don't really see like, I mean. Like Ronda Rousey, someone like the like she made a great name for herself in the sport. Yeah, 
Like, yeah, but it is if you're crazy. if you're like good enough and you just beat on people. Like, I think people just respect that. Like, Holly Holm was a fucking monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. I um, to no, not to um, and this <laughs> boxer now, like, well, I I'm sorry, uh, what'd you just say? She was on the undercard. She fought in the last one. She's a monster. Yeah, uh, Amanda Serrano. Yeah. Uh, but like she like I bet you she was the best fighter that night and she was the last time she fought. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. everyone there, pound for pound, she was the best one every time she's been there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. And uh not not to like compare boxing to, you know, WWE wrestling, but to your point, I think WWE's product right now, the, the women are better than the men, in my opinion. They're they put on better matches. Yeah. But yeah. with that, that is so much like acrobatics and gymnastics and stuff. And it's like, I mean, that's another thing. Like with the Olympics and stuff, I like watching women's gymnastics better than men's. Yeah, yeah, I do too. Because, I mean, they're better. Yeah. And it's, gymnastics is crazy not to steer it too far off the point. But like some of their floor routines when they're like flipping and then jumping, like how the hell are you... Powerful enough at four foot six to jump and like spin eight times. Yeah, it's it, it it's incredible. <laughs> it's all, it's all beyond me. Um, so let's get to uh, is the main event the last fight then, or was there? Yeah, yeah. Fight? Um, obviously J- Jake Paul and uh Tyson Woodley in the main event. Uh, the first fight was, was oh good. JP. Before you get into that, whatever happened with um. Uh, Tommy Fury, he got hurt, or what What was the issue with that? Because I was interested in that, because Tommy Fury is like an actual boxer. Yeah, and uh, Tommy Fury did win a match on uh, uh, Paul and Woodley won on the uh, yeah right, first pay-per-view. Right. right. So I was looking forward to that. I think it was injuries or something. Pa- Paul did call him out after the match. Good. He said basically that uh you know w- w- Woodley's a man for taking this fight, um, <laughs> two weeks notice, and that you know he'll be coming for Fury later. He also called out uh, Nate Diaz, who was in the crowd. Jake Paul pointed at him. Yeah, he called Nate him out Diaz there. would destroy him. Yeah, mm-hmm. Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz could like he could take so many hits from Jake. Jake Paul could destroy his face and Diaz would get up every time. And Diaz has to be smaller than him, right? By I mean 30 pounds. Yeah, yeah. Um but but yeah, yeah, so anyway, to get to the actual fighting, yeah, Jake Paul now goes 5 and 0, four knockouts. Um it was a, a six-round KO against Woodley this time around. Um I think the first time they fought was definitely a closer outing. Um this one uh, all judges and all three scorecards actually favored Paul, but I thought uh, Woodley looked um, better on a round or two, in my opinion. Has Woodley been, like, practicing boxing since her last fight? I- I'm not sure, because this was, like, a, a two-week notice, so... Yeah, like, something like you know. that. Like, if Jake Paul's been, like, planning to fight Tommy Fury, and, you know, who's obviously a better boxer than Woodley would have been, <laughs> he's a boxer, Um, kind of preparing for that and then Woodley like hey uh, remember how you kind of were boxing a year ago you want to do yeah. it in two weeks <laughs> yeah and uh pound for pound when when they were going at it um it seemed you know I thought re- relatively even um they actually landed the same amount of punches it's just Paul landed 41 percent of his power shots oh yeah Woodley only landed four out of 67 jabs in the whole fight well he landed one at the end 
But that wouldn't count. <laughs> well, it was, yeah, Paul, his shot at the end, um, he, he uh, f- fainted. A, it looked like a body shot and then just right hook directly to the head. And he he, he just fell. Yeah, he just it, dropped. It was a brutal knockout. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, so, like, what I saw in the first outing, um, I'm not sure Paul even knocked Woodley down in the first fight. And Woodley was going to knock Paul down and the ropes in the way. Correct. There I believe no that is the case. I don't think Woodley came close to falling down in the first fight. Yeah, yeah, I didn't think so. And then, and then this this outing, yeah, there was no discussion. That was clean, and he fell straight yeah. down. Yeah, I saw some memes about that. It's strange. I guess, so what, the UFC ones, they can't show, like, the knockout shot on social media? Do you know? At least from going through Instagram and Facebook and stuff, no when idea. I see clips, it's, like, immediately after the knockout mm-hmm. and goes on from there and talks about it, but it's never the actual shot. For yeah. this, I saw it, so maybe it's because it's not real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's interesting. Well, keep an eye out on that. I, I don't know if there's anything to it, but for, like, big UFC events, like, whenever mm-hmm. I saw there was that, what was his name? Uh, Sugar Shane O'Neal or O'Malley or something. Do you know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about? Uh, I'm not n- not familiar. But okay, well, he, he was in, like, the UFC. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> uh, switching it up because everybody has to be called Sugar if your name starts with an S and you fight. <laughs> um, but I, th- I guess he had a knockout and it wasn't on there. So I, I guess there's probably something with the UFC like banning, okay, it Maybe. being there. But yeah, this one was definitely on there. Yeah, but, uh, I saw um, Jim Harbaugh was at the fight too to root on Frank Gore. Oh, really? Yeah. I was, uh, I was disappointed. Uh, Harbaugh should have gotten in the ring of Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer definitely would have kicked him. Was Urban Meyer there? Who do you <laughs> think wins? I think I think Harbaugh beats his ass. I, I think Harbaugh is way more intense. Har- Harbaugh would kill, kill who, him. Who do you He's think, also younger. Who do you think wins NFL Battle Royale head coaches right now? Uh, I mean, v- Rabel probably. Yeah, I agree. Dan He's Campbell's obviously up there still. No, who else? I said Dan Campbell would probably be up there as well. Oh, yeah, Dan Campbell would be up there, too. The two best tight end coaches in the league. To to me, Urban Meyer's like a a verbal bully, and then you (laughs) push him back, he just shuts up. Yeah. You know? (laughs) Um, But, no, um, to wrap everything up, my favorite part about all of this, though, is Le'Veon Bell tweeting at Jake Paul following the fight. Oh, does he want some, some, uh, some action? So Le'Veon Bell said, I'm tired of watching him outbox people that don't even want to box. If you want a boxing match, a real one, he'd fight me, period. Stop fighting small dudes that can't box. Oh. This if is also, Juice fights Paul, Jake Paul, I'm buying that. Paul also said he would fought Juju like a couple months ago. <laughs> All we need him to do is fight Claypool, and I'm like, set. <laughs> Could you imagine him going through the gauntlet? He has to do the Iron Man match. He has to go <laughs> through all three. <laughs> oh, man. But no, the best part was that Jake Paul uh, responded. And with what? And this is what he told him. He actually included Woodley on it, too. Lamar Woodley? Oh, no. I forgot that he boxed a guy named Woodley. I'm like, why the fuck is he bringing Lamar Woodley into this? He says, ah, Woodley, 
this clown saying you can't box. How, how about you show him as part of the next MVP event? Tyron would drop you faster than the Ravens. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was amazing. And oh. then B- Bell Bell responded by saying, "Any revenue I would take, or I would make for a fight, I would donate to charity. Every single dollar. Since people who can't box like you think I'm in it for money. LOL." It's not about money. It's about me doing what you couldn't do. I need to pocket a dime. I already. I don't need a pocket a dime. I already got it in a bag. <laughs> Juice. It's like meanwhile, money was the only thing that mattered when you decided to play for the Jets. <laughs> when you okay. decided to uh, essentially end and your Hall of Fame career, he was on pace. He he was a beast. He was on pace to be a beast if he. Uh, if he continued with the Steelers and that scheme with that offensive line when there was Pouncey and DeCastro, like, mm-hmm. running at full force. And that, that was the Not last him. season, them. And that was him despite getting injured or suspended every year, too. Yeah, yeah. Now, all of a sudden, he's donating to charity. Get get out of here. That, that, that dude would be paying the medical bills that Tyron Woodley or Jake Paul would mop him with. Yeah. That... So what is Who he trying? To, what's Jake Paul okay. trying to do? Get Ty, Tyron Woodley to like be his like the next boss, yeah. like the, <laughs> like on the but, video game. Serious question though: Who wins a fight? And I've seen one of them fight. Who wins a fight? Le'Veon Bell or Frank Gore? <laughs> I feel like Frank Gore manhandles him. You know what? The when you Frank say it like that, if it, if it was on a football field. And they got in each other's face. I think Frank Gore takes him the fuck out. That, that's I think he like, Andre than, Johnson's him and Cortland Finnegan. Uh, other than like Marshawn Lynch or like a Brandon Jacobs, like I feel like Frank Gore's up there in terms of running backs that could fight. Yeah, he's a stout dude. I feel like he would dominate Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, w- Woodley also got in the action and said that. So you coattailing, I get it. See a person courageous enough to go into battle and use that to try to throw your name in there for a bag without making that walk. That's defined as clout chasing. Surprising from you. And it, so like, yeah, <laughs> Le'Veon Bell is just pissing off professional fighters. It sounds so WWE with like real fights. And, and, and it's, it's a celebrity. Cause, but like, it's kind but, of like exactly said, what people would want. Right, I, I know. And it, Isn't know, that it, kind of what they want? Is just celebrities, like when 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 you ever you'd see that, like it, the world really is becoming idiocracy. Like it's becoming that. Yeah. That, like they're gonna have Trump fight LeBron James's hologram, and then they're gonna do that for all this money, and then there's gonna be all this drama because they want the WWE soap opera, and they want like the real stakes though, because it's a real fight. They know WWE is gonna be scripted and stuff, so there's real boxing and YouTubers, and it's a whole, it's just a whole spectacle. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, and then there's people like we say like. Amanda Serrano, who just like, <laughs> yeah. you're getting overlooked. But well, hey, she's just in the gym for 18 hours a day and hasn't eaten a carb in 20 years. Yeah, but, and... but if it gets these real life boxers who are great at what they do recognition, who cares if one of the fights I, is Jake Paul? I don't care if any of it's that. That's exactly what I'm saying. Like, I'm saying, like, I'm all about, like, if people want to buy it, then that's what's good, I guess. That's what I'm saying. If I hear. 
like th- there's match between two boxers maybe i heard of one like like i was hesitant to get the tyson thing because uh, i don't know I, I got it but i wasn't like necessarily interested. mike tyson or yeah mike T- yeah the mike tyson thing okay. so it's roy jones yeah yeah, um, yeah. I, I saw it but like if you hear me lady on dolls fighting yeah i'm gonna buy it yeah, yeah it's I'm like celebrity it. death match yeah it's... 100% i want to watch it <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's everything it's reality tv it's everything that's like ugly american in culture on tv like i want my athletes and i want my soap opera and i want my game show and i want it all together and i want it now yeah i mean you're right we have celebrities boxing game show hosts as the the president like <laughs> i mean yeah it really is the world we're living in right now it, it's crazy and even like i mean you saw like 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 short shorts like didn't matthew mcconaughey try to run in texas as like something i don't know probably like congress or i don't know if it was congress or whatever it was yeah he, he tried doing it and the thing is like people will vote for him too just dude i'm telling you what if if they have trump and biden and the rock running i i might be leaning towards the rock <laughs> but but like, like that's what i'm saying i think trump just may have been a gateway to like let's encourage other celebrities to run and it's <laughs> like no let's not uh, but that's what it's going to be. It's not going to be policymakers. It's going to be it's going to be a, a popularity contest. Kim Kardashian is going to be the first woman president. Well, yeah. And like you could learn things like the general talking points about whatever position you're on. And then when it comes to like actually doing the job and the stuff that isn't, <laughs> you you know, like how, how I, I don't think any of the celebrities know too much about. Uh, f- f- foreign policy whatsoever yeah but yeah. i don't know how much the, the government knows either um but <laughs> it's nice to get some new eyes in it but i'm saying like the rocket stuff done i'm not saying any athlete i'm not saying i throw jake paul in there but uh the rocket stuff done maybe you know I, i'd vote for him <laughs> I, i'm throwing yeah, him I mean, out there i, I mean at this point or oh, oh, why not yeah <laughs> He, he's not smackdown on russia i was gonna say he's not wrestling anymore and he's never been a real actor so maybe something else yeah he's a spectacle he's the perfect guy to fight at a jake paul undercard 100 percent. yeah yeah they should get like the rock and john cena to actually fight that yeah. would be awesome yeah yeah could you imagine if they had the rock and john cena actually fight that would be cool that yeah people would tune in i would tune in that's that. a money pit yeah, that would be amazing. <laughs> they are. How uh, there has to be an age difference, right? The Rock has to be pretty mu- pretty older. Yeah, pretty older. That doesn't older, make but, sense. But but still, oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, they're both like in the best shape of their lives though, because like when The Rock was wrestling in the nineties, he's not as big oh, physically yeah. as he is today. Well, the the diets and stuff are all probably so much better to just make him more yeah. ripped and everything. All right, JP, let's wrap this up that we're almost at like an hour 40. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's wow. what the listeners said. But, you know, we do. I don't think it dragged, so we're good. But uh, you know what? We're, uh, the Poor Man's Podcast is taking a break uh, next week. JP, do you want to do a sports show next week? Uh, If you need me, I'll, I'll be here. All right, maybe we'll still do a sports show. Uh, with the regular Poor Man's Podcast, uh, we'll take a break next week. But we will be back January 3rd with comedian Mike Travers. 
uh, he'll be in studio, so we're excited to have him on. Um, and you can listen to the previous episode with Kevin Budke, comedian. Uh, we recap uh, the Matt Light show, uh, the flat tire incident after um, the strip club. Uh, a lot to listen to, so listen to all of that. Uh, subscribe, uh, and thank you for listening. But for Sports Guy JP, I'm Chris. Happy holidays. Have a Merry Christmas. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. We hope you had a good time. If you did, be sure to subscribe to the show to catch the latest episodes and share with your friends. We can't promise not to embarrass you. And if you just can't get enough, follow us on Instagram at Poor Man's Podcast 412, Twitter at Poor Man's Pod 412, and Facebook. This is Pittsburgh's own Poor Man's Podcast signing off. See you next week. You play to win the game. Winning. Winning.